0: Oh, I am so glad that you're here for this episode because it is just going to touch your heart, and I think it's going to open up all of our minds to God's will for our bodies. So we're going to talk about body image, but not in the body image that you may think of at the top of your head. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders. With Lois Wyant. Hey Giant Builders, welcome. It must be Tuesday at 2 because that's when we meet and that's where we are. So I am so happy to have you and in case you haven't heard recently, we have two new pages on the Giant Builders website. It's thegiantbuilders.com and you can check out the media page in which we have listed all of our speakers' books So And it also links to their episode. so if you want to re-listen to it or learn more about them or their book, then that's there. And then also, we have a sponsor page now, so um, please visit those pages and just know that they're there. Today, we are speaking to Heather Creekmore. Hi, Heather. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Lois, how are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you very much. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you?
1: Yeah, well, I am a mom of four and a pastor's wife, uh, but in my free time, <laughs> I'm uh-huh. not, not much of it. I'm, I'm an author and I'm also a podcaster and a speaker and a body image coach. So I encourage Christian women who are wrestling with body image and comparison, and I do that through my books and my podcasts and, and speaking to women's groups.
0: Great. All right. So my notes say that you might have a story about body. Do you have a story about what's your story?
1: I certainly do. Well, body, image is something I struggled with from, I would say, elementary school on. Um, So I I vividly remember um, being in elementary school and believing that my legs were larger than the legs of the other little girls in my class. And because mom was already a dieter, that made it very easy for me to just slide in with um, following whatever plan she was following, starting in about middle school until mm-hmm. I got to high school. And by high school, I was better than all that dieting stuff. And I, I use that in quotation marks <laughs> uh, because I figured, you know, if eating less is good, then eating even less than that is better. And so I would see how long I could go without eating. And most of the time I could make it most of the day. And then I would get home from school and be ravenously hungry, of course, and, you know, eat everything I could eat dinner regularly with my family. But I'd go to bed feeling like I had done something wrong. And my disordered eating, which I think now is probably a full blown eating disorder, though I was never diagnosed because, Lois, this was like the early 1990s. There were only two categories for eating disorders. I wasn't bulimic because I wasn't purging. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't anorexic according to the, you know, the standards at that time, because I wasn't underweight. Mm. But by my sophomore year of college, I lost my period, uh, which now we can recognize as a sign of, of under eating, but I lost my period for about nine months mm. and eventually it came back and doctors just thought I was stressed because I was in college. <laughs> and so college students are stressed. And um, yeah, from there, it just kind of continued. I decided that perhaps I would be become a fitness instructor because fitness instructors certainly couldn't struggle with their body image because look at them. They were, you know, teaching the aerobics classes and had you know, the best shaped bodies. So why would they struggle? And so, although I had a whole career in politics and even a master's degree in public policy and political management, like have this whole career on the side, if you will. (laughs) But my main goal was my part time like three classes a week a fitness job because i believed that that would solve my body image issues and much to my chagrin it didn't um but i i kind of my, my story kind of continues i was single through through those early years of of fitness class teaching and then decided well perhaps the problem the reason i really still struggled with my body image was because i wasn't married yet and then i got married and that didn't fix it either in fact in some ways i feel like that made it worse And then I thought, you know what, there's one group that must not struggle with body image issues. It's got to be moms because they have such an important job. Like keeping people alive has to take up all that brain space. I dedicated to counting calories and figuring out how much I needed to exercise to burn them off. So surely if I could just get pregnant, I would be free from all of this mental noise. And as you may imagine, that's laughable now, right? But as you may imagine, that didn't exactly work out that way, and instead, I found myself um, a mom, and actually, we had four babies in just under four years. So we were just cranking oh. them out. Excuse me, <laughs> just over four years, not under four years. No twins there. Okay, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but we, you know, we were busy, <laughs> and I was busy, um, pregnant, breastfeeding. <laughs> felt like for it really was years. Um, right, right. <laughs> And body changing through all of that yeah. and still struggling so much. Um, it wasn't until God intervened after
0: our fourth baby that, uh, everything turned around. Oh, well, isn't a wonderful when he steps in. Yes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the way I expected to be. Yeah. <laughs> Cured or healed, if you will, because
1: I really believed Lois that my body image issues were about my body. Mm-hmm. I really thought that if I could just get to the size or get to the shape or get the right amount of tone, then I would reach a point where I would be free. And I think that's the number one lie around body image issues: is that there is a place you can get to physically where you will no longer struggle. But it's completely bogus <laughs> because. Taylor Swift struggles and Carrie Underwood struggles, and most supermodels talk openly about their struggle with body image issues. So it's, it's really, in my opinion, it's a lie of the enemy to keep us chasing these elusive body goals, believing that that will be the place that we will find freedom from struggle. And really the answer that God showed me, that God gave me really, his intervention for me was an answer that was so completely different than anything I ever expected it to be, but it really was the only thing that, that helped set me free and get me out of this decades long pattern I had followed.
0: So how did God present that message to you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So really what God showed me, Lois, was that my body image issues had become an idol Mm -hmm. and that they had a root of sin. And that's never a super fun, like, you know, yay, let's talk about sin. Like, okay, everyone applaud. Like, this is going to be fantastic. I'm so happy that this person is talking. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like that's, that's never like a happy answer. And yet for me, all of my life, I had believed that because I was a woman, this was something I was going to have to struggle with forever. Because every woman I know, knew struggled with it, right? Like this was just a normal part of being born female. If you're born female, your lifelong quest is, oh yes, serve Jesus. But you must also make sure you get the body or keep the body or maintain, you know, it was all about diet and exercise and body size and body shape. And so when the Lord showed me, and, and let me let me back up just a second. I was raised in church, Lois, okay? So I knew that the one commandment I didn't have to worry about was the first one because we didn't have any statues. Like I wasn't bowing to Buddha. Like we <laughs> didn't have we didn't even have a garden gnome just in case that was somehow an idol, okay? So uh, you know, there were like nine other commandments I needed to worry about but not that one because I had no idols. And yet I'm in my early 30s, and the Lord clearly showed me. Um, my husband was actually listening to some teaching by a great pastor named Tim Keller, who just recently passed mm-hmm. away. And um he was talking about modern day idolatry, and he was talking about how if there's something in our heart that we believe will bring us rest or freedom or peace, and really all those words are kind of synonymous with salvation. If there's this thing in our heart that we believe will fulfill us, and it's not Jesus, it's idolatry. And the Lord showed me so clearly that day, Lois, that I really believed I was just like one diet away from freedom, peace, and joy. I really believed I was one fitness goal away from having the rest that I just always longed for, just shutting up that mental noise. And it was idolatry. I mean, the truth was that rest, peace, joy, salvation that I was seeking could only be found in Jesus. And yet I was looking to my body (laughs) to somehow meet those needs and goals for me. And and the truth was, Louis, I I had met those goals, right? What happens with body image idolatry is it it's like (laughs) it's like you're on a treadmill. And there's someone in front of you dangling. I'm not even going to say a carrot because carrots aren't very appealing, like a diamond ring. okay? they're they're dangling a diamond and you're on the treadmill. But guess what? On a treadmill, you can never get any further than the treadmill, right? You're running in place. And that was me. And the voice would say. Oh, hey, good job losing a couple pounds. Now it's a shame your hair's still frizzy. Maybe you should do something about that. Or, you know, good, good job toning up. But oh boy, look at your nose. Have you ever considered surgery for that? I mean, there was always some other metric showing me telling me that I wasn't quite there yet and so the idol starts by saying if you could just get to this point then you'll be free but the idol lies to us because you get to that and it's like okay just five pounds more okay just fix this just fix that and and there's no freedom or rest there
0: oh that is so good thank you so much Okay, we're done. No, <laughs> I am filled. <laughs> um, so tell me, so is there like a, a way to size health status that helps us to stop struggling with our body image issues? So, I mean, where do we find that point that we can stop struggling?
1: It's a spiritual issue. It's not a physical issue. Okay. I mean, I work with women who are, according to culture standards, have bigger bodies and they have joy, freedom, peace, and rest in Jesus because they know their value doesn't come from their body size. Right. And, and that's, you know, a lot of us want to take it to the extremes, right? We want to be black and white thinkers. <laughs> a lot, a lot of those of us who are goal oriented want to be black and white thinkers. Right. And so, so I don't hear me as saying, you know, once you found that your worth and value is in Jesus, you sit on the couch and you eat Cheetos all day. Cause it doesn't matter. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. Yes. Right. But, but I think in our culture, we receive a message that our value and worth are connected to our body size. And then what happens in the church is we extrapolate a bunch of scripture onto that, right? There's actually not a scripture verse that says thou shalt be a good steward of your body, right? So, so caring for our bodies comes from scriptures about caring for the good gifts God has given us. Um, you know, first Corinthians tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy spirit, right? Like we, we know that we don't operate out of our fleshly lusts, yes. Right but that doesn't have anything to do with eating, (laughs) right? Like, like the Bible actually isn't God's prescription on what diet to follow, right? So, so it gets really muddy and really confusing when we live in a culture that is very specific about these things equal health. And then what's even more confusing, Lois, is the things that equal health keep changing, right? Because you and I were around in the Mm nineties and in the nineties, what did we have to eat to be healthy? We had to eat plain carbohydrates, right? Avocados would kill us with all that fat, right? And then we get into the 2000s. And what did you have to eat to be healthy? You had to eat protein, right? And really choose a protein bar every day of the week and twice on Sunday over one of those deadly bananas, because you know how much carbohydrates are in one of those deadly bananas, right? And and then to be healthy, you know, just even two or three years ago, right, meant keto, right? So the same people who were eating fat free in 1992 are now supposed to be making fat bombs in order to eat enough fat in a day to be, and I quote, healthy, right? Remember in the 1980s, breakfast was the most important meal of the day in 2023 and 24. Intermittent fasting is the way to go breakfast. We don't need that. Right, So it is super confusing if we try to follow what culture prescribes is healthy for us. Right. And I have to believe that a lot of what culture is prescribing is taking us on a journey where we've all gotten a lot less healthy because of these food fads we followed. So, yes, I guess to go full circle and answer your question. There's there's no size or shape where body image freedom comes. Body image is a spiritual issue. It's about what we believe about our bodies, what we believe about our value, what we believe about our worth, and then also who we're serving, right? If, if, you know, I, I love the verse about your body being a temple, but I feel like growing up in church, sometimes I heard that verse kind of twisted and maybe even abused <laughs> um, mm-hmm. to shame me, right? Now, now maybe I'm just super sensitive, but when I heard your body is a temple, I heard, Heather, make your temple as good looking as possible, because this is what Jesus needs you to do in order for people to find Jesus, right? So it was like, how hot can I make my temple? That is my responsibility as a Christian. But who was that about? It was about me, (laughs) right? And and really, it wasn't about bringing glory to the Lord, right? It was about bringing glory to myself. It was, who's going to tell me I look good? Like, who's going to think I did a good job following whatever plan? Who's going to praise me, right? And and so I think the way to freedom for most of us, you know, culture says you just look in the mirror and I'll just, I'm going to pretend for, for those watching on, on YouTube, I'm going to pretend that my hand is in the mirror. If you're just listening, just know I've, I'm holding up a mirror in front of my face. And and what happens often is culture is like, just look in the mirror, And so you just find something you love. Like culture's answer for body image issues is just don't focus on the part you don't like. So if you don't like your legs, you know, focus on maybe your eyebrows, right? Oh, I have good eyebrows. And then that's where you're supposed to derive confidence, which it sounds funny in this illustration, but just follow me here. It's like, okay, huh? You know, my eyebrows aren't so bad. I guess I do have good eyebrows. I guess I can go out into the world confident in my eyebrows. And how long does that confidence last? Well, it lasts only until you see someone with better eyebrows, right? Because, well, maybe my eyebrows aren't as good as I thought they were, right? It's a very shallow confidence. Any confidence we put in our body is a shallow confidence, right? Because even if you can maintain the weight size or shape, guess what? Aging is real. <laughs> you are you are not headed up and to the right, right? The trajectory is your body is decaying. <laughs> That's We're all going to die. No matter how healthy you are we're all going to die. Right. So, so that's the good news, but no back to the mirror. So Instead of staring in this mirror longer and harder until we find something we love about ourselves, I really believe that what scripture prescribes is that we do a tilt. So for those just listening, I'm going to just tilt my mirror to where it's facing the sky. And you can, I can kind of see the bottom part of it still, but it's mostly facing the sky. And I think this is supposed to be our posture with the Lord, right? Because my job here is not to be as beautiful as possible. My job here is not to get glory for myself, right? Solely Deo, glorio. Like, my job is to send all the glory to Him. And I do that best when I'm reflecting Him, and I can reflect Him best when when my mirror's tilted up, when the pressure's off of me. Right. And it's just, I'm just here to be a beacon and ambassador reflecting his light. And, you know, we all know the cliche, right. That it's what's on the inside that counts. I mean, scripture backs that up. Like God looks at the heart, not the outside. We, We know these cliches, right. But It's hard for us to live like they're true for us. Like for most of us, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know it's what's on the inside that counts, but I kind of need to present a certain way so people know who I am. Like I need to project a certain image so they can know that my heart is good, right? Which is very pharisaical if you think about it, right? It's the Pharisees in the New Testament who were very worried about their image. They were whitewashed tombs, Jesus called them, right? Looked good on the outside, but a bunch of dead bones on the inside, and so, you know, the challenge the challenge for us, right, is to truly believe and act like we have something beautiful inside of us and let that love come out. And, and we all, you know, we all know that the stereotype of the beautiful mean girl <laughs> is, is, is true enough in some scenarios where you know that even though she's beautiful, you don't want to be your friend because of what's inside her. Right. But then we all also know someone who maybe would never be on a magazine cover. You never stop and look at her twice. But because of the beauty she radiates from the inside, you're like, I want to be with that person. I want to spend more time with her. I want to know her. I, I see her beauty. And that that is where the freedom comes, Lois. The freedom comes when we're just able to let the beauty and the light of Christ shine out of
0: us. Mm, that's beautiful. Oh, all right confession i think it all comes maybe it's maturity um not only as in age but also as in as in christ i mean i i can think back you know like i don't know i didn't really have confidence in myself in high school to have a body image i just didn't think i was worth anything anyway so it didn't matter to me but i think that as I after I married, I think I was more concerned about it. And I remember I think the grocery store is a terrible place. <laughs> Not only because of the bad food, but because it it puts a lot of people in a place that you can compare with. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think as a younger person, I think that I was comparing like Oh, are my legs that wide? Is my my butt stick out that much? You know, that type of thing. And then as I got older, it was more of just, okay, am I looking the best that I can look? Mm -hmm. You know, am um, am I eating healthy for me and not necessarily so that I can look better than somebody? But now, you know, now that I go to the grocery store, I think that my mindset is more like, Oh, she has pretty hair. Mm-hmm. Oh um, has a cute dress. And even sometimes I'll say, Oh, you got such a cute dress on. You know, and I and, you know, I maybe just because I'm 61 now, and to be quite honest with you, I think I said this a couple episodes ago, I don't really care what people think about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just gonna be me. And um I think that there's I think there's a maturity in Christ that yeah. helps bring us to a point Absolutely. where we can let go of those
1: things. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said maturity in Christ because it's definitely not age. right? I, mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, I work with
1: women in their seventies and that have been dealing with this for 50, 60 yeah. years. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely not age, but, but it's, I'm going to even say it differently than that. I don't care anymore. I think you can come to a place where you really do see God's daughters not as competition, but as oh, your sisters. Oh, that's
0: very good,
1: right? Right. That's so it.
0: instead
1: of instead of like being in the world's beauty contest, you can drop out of the beauty yeah. contest. And, oh, hey, we're all in the same team here. Like, yeah, you know, it's great. Like, I love, I love that you were wearing that cute dress. I love that you're accomplishing that. I love that you're doing that. Like, you know, and it's no longer threatening. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, tell
0: us a little bit about your book.
1: Yeah, well, I've got several. Um, so I have uh, my first book is called Compared to Who, and that's really my body image story. A little bit of it I share today, but then I also kind of like share kind of a prescriptive path on how I found freedom from body image issues. And then my second book is called The Burden of Better: How a Comparison Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. And that's really a book about grace, right? As I um, I was asked to write a book on comparison, and I was like, ooh. I don't actually know what the cure for comparison is. How am I going to write this book? And what the Lord showed me was that really comparison is a shallow understanding of his grace, right? We are stuck in comparison when we cannot see how good God is to us. And it's, it's much broader and deeper than that, (laughs) but that's kind of what that book's about. And then my brand new book that just came out in December, December 12th, it launched is called the 40 day body image workbook help for Christian women who've tried everything. And so that's a 40 day format. It's a workbook. There are things to do every single day. Like I said, just came out with Bethany house. Um, and, um, it's, it's a deep journey to help you find some body image healing and then I've got another book coming out Lois in April on aging, aging. it's a devotional on mm-hmm. aging called aging gratefully um so you're just old about- enough to do an aging book well <laughs> it, it's 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 my sweet spot on this book is ages 45 to 65. Oh. so it's not you know not for the not for the woman who's far beyond me <laughs> but um but I'll be I'm 50 this year so yes. um so I, I'm I'm right in there there but okay. talking
0: talking about all all things midlife and aging and yeah. one. Speaking of menopause pretty pretty harsh on the body. <laughs> yes. Exactly,
1: which <laughs> is another season in our life when we just need to have so much grace for yeah. ourselves and our bodies and and tune out these messages from culture that are telling us there's something wrong with our bodies if they're changing at midlife. I mean, would you ever tell a 13-year-old girl that there was something wrong with her body because it's changing at puberty? No, you would not. So why do we not expect our bodies to change on the other side? I mean, that's it's a ridiculous standard that doesn't yeah.
0: make any sense biologically. <laughs> so, no. so all right. So we're gonna give away one of your books. Okay. All right, listener, you can choose which book you want, which which book would be most helpful to you in whatever area you would like. And you know what? I don't do this every time. So if this is your first time and you're like, you either like, oh, I can't listen to that because she did that. Or, oh, I got to listen to that because she did this. But I just really feel compelled to pray right now. So, so, Lord, I just thank you so, so much for this wonderful guest and just her message and how it can make such a difference to the women of your kingdom, Lord. And I just ask that you just help women who might be listening to understand that their heart is what matters to you that their heart and their service and their mind focused on you is the most important thing and i just ask that you would just bless everybody listening here and to help them know that their body is an outer shell and that what's important is how you're directing them in jesus name amen amen Thank you so much. All right, Giant Builders. Look for the books. It will be in, I'll post it below and in the media area. And thank you so much. I so appreciate your time and just sharing your story. I mean, that's very courageous to share stories like this. My pleasure. It's great to be with you, Lois. All right. All right, Giant Builders. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. This has been. The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.